Welcome back to the producer's recap. But um, <laughs> hey Bradford. Yeah. Hey Dylan. How, how are you doing? Good. Good. Yeah. Busy day. Um, a lot of recordings these next couple days, or yesterday, today, tomorrow. So, cranking through them. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And yeah, you I'm sure those just... are some pretty busy and interesting days getting to talk to all the the different yeah. guests that we have on. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, and, and you, you were, just I, finished listening to Orville. Yeah, Orville Shell. I think I have I pronounced his his last name correctly. I hope so. Um, I believe so. Yeah, it was it was a great, uh, very interesting interview. Um, you know, uh, like what he he was talking about China and um, just geopolitics related to China and the rise of China um, as it interacts with the American Empire and global power. Super interesting. It actually, so um, I was just reading an article mm -hmm. um, before I listened to Orville's interview about how the foreign minister of China, you know, was meeting with the Taliban like a, a, a just about a week before they swept through the country and took back the country much faster than the U.S. thought was possible. And that was fascinating to read, you yeah, know, kind of to see the the real time um, because the, 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 this article was pointing out that China isn't um, taking away their embassy, like their embassy is not closing down. It's actually getting prepared because they've essentially signaled about a week and a half before the Taliban rolled through the country that they were okay with it. They were ready to work with the Taliban. I and read that, that, yeah. That's a really interesting comment on the power dynamics in a lot of nations where they yeah. they're they're starting to to make choices um about you know if 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 we can keep our relationship with china that's probably enough uh financial backing enough political backing for us to proceed with things right without um without american uh with 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 you know assuming american uh resistance they could kind of deal with it that, I, I just found that really fascinating. Um, I don't know if I've told you this before, but my I have an aunt and cousins who are Vietnamese who came from Vietnam during the boat people crisis when when um, you know the U.S. pulled out hmm. of, of Vietnam and um, and watching a lot of the images of what's happening in Afghanistan and reading about you know the people that um, were working, let's say, with the U.S. or with the U.N. Uh, including I have a, I have a friend who is um, has been in here from Afghanistan for the last four years. Her dad works for the UN, and I'm seeing her text messages coming towards me. You know of uh, and and friends sharing. You know, kind of her looking for prayer or uh, thoughts. You know, people to know that her dad is actually there. And as to somebody who worked for the UN, he's like living in a safe house, and she's just hoping that he'll get out. All those kind of you know, just all these things are are, are reverberating, and. Um, in my brain today and thinking about my my family members who are yeah. Vietnamese who survived Vietnam and escaped in much the same type of way um, kind of on the coat heels as the US escape you know uh, takes takes off and they're left with kind of dealing with the ramifications, a, or the the ramifications. exactly exactly and, and to some extent not to this is a complex situation so I don't want anybody to take this the, the wrong way but in a sense the broken promises that you know this the, the the hope that they have of of working with um with americans or with those the people who are represented 
in their country and having that come to a pretty hard and uh, brutal end. Yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> well, anyways, that's... sharing that with you as a as a personal that's what's been on my mind. No, uh, totally. The, the, I think the it's China been on... connection really kicked it off when I was yeah. listening to. Well, I think it's Oracle. been on everyone's mind, and you know, I was reading the news and all this stuff, but also I've got a friend. He's been in Greece for the last like six years, um, working with all the refugees that are just flowing flowing through Greece, coming from many countries, and there's a good portion going from Afghanistan. And so him and his wife have some close friends in Kabul that um, they met a couple years ago on a visit. And he has this like monthly newsletter he sends out to friends of his. And he's been attaching some of the um, emails from this family in Afghanistan. And honestly, like I was reading the news and all stuff, but then reading those it really like strikes you to the heart. It seriously does because like they're going through all this drama of this one woman had acid thrown on her face by her husband. I don't know the reason, but then he went, he was in prison, but the Taliban uh, released all the prisoners. So now not only they're terrified, uh, they happen to be Christian. So of course they have like a, you know, they have a target on their back. Um, Mm -hmm. But then also her husband is now out on like on a vigilante mission to kill her. Wow. And he just joined the Taliban. So I'm just like reading these emails like, oh my gosh. And I was having a hard day because I was struggling to get a guest on here because of her like technical difficulties or whatever. <laughs> you know, like it's, yeah, it really is a very interesting time. And I think what's, quite interesting from a macro perspective is this is a groundbreaking event. It really is. Yet it doesn't feel like there's the kind of emotional connection that happens with sometimes other global groundbreaking events. Mm -hmm. Um, Perhaps I'm just super removed from it, but it feels like, everyone has just other things going on and it's like, Oh yeah, there's that thing in Afghanistan. Um, but, but I think you draw the parallel to the fall of Saigon and when the U S fled Vietnam fled, uh, removed, (laughs) you can use different words. Um, there really is a strong parallel now. And, and that was a very historical event for Vietnam, for the U S uh, for these conflicts. And we have a similar thing going on in Afghanistan this week. And it feels like it is just another story happening in the world. And I'm trying to figure out exactly why that is. Hmm. Yeah. There's a, there's an interesting, um, you know, we've talked a lot on the show about trust, you know, like when we're talking about economics, like purely currency, you know, um, Mm -hmm. trust being a huge part of an empire's ability to, you know, be, you know, in a sense, people put their, their hope that this is the empire that they should be dealing with. And, and it is an interesting, you know, you have situations like Vietnam, I think that were really changed a whole generation's perspective on government, you know, what, who they should trust, um, you know, from Watergate to, to Vietnam, 
and and forward, I think you 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 can probably see a lot of reverberations over the next 20, 30, 40 years, even the way people like I wouldn't I wouldn't doubt that some of the people who really um, buy into certain narratives that they're that they're told about the government are just much more likely because of the way Vietnam went, the way that mm -hmm. the government messaged on it, et cetera. And so, you know, when you think about um, trust in another in other nations, you know, um, specifically related to China, there's a large portion of African nations who have become more and more and more indebted to Chinese interests because China is investing in Africa big time. There's some very interesting things going on there, major projects, a lot of lending, a lot of a lot of money being lent from Chinese lenders, state backed lenders to African countries. So you, you can see in the world that losing trust has very concrete um, like ramifications and reverberations over time. And so, you know, in, in like when we uh, how we dealt with the Kurds in 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 the, the whole ISIS situation or in regards to Turkey, um, I, you know, like the, the way the U S dealt, we've, we've dealt with them and then what's happening in, in Kabul and in Afghanistan, it's like, it's a very, these are, you know, Osama bin Laden came out of a time where he was trained by the CIA and then let down by, American interests, right? So I wonder right now who are the children or who are the who are the people who are reflecting on, oh, I put my hope in this idea of freedom and then actually it's much like uh much like domestically people go like, "Hey, I read that, you know, all people are created equal, you know, and etc." and then like this doesn't seem to be playing out like that. Um you know, sometimes these types of these types of moments, you know, will reverberate different ways. I mean, I think we'll just be talking about this and people will be seeing the results of it for for years to come. I think China really is, you know, or uh, people really should listen to Orville's episode is going to come out on Monday. He's got such a long term view on China, having been mm -hmm. involved with it over four decades, I think. In the 70s yeah, his was first, the first time. 75 Mao Zedong was still alive. Wow. I mean. So I've been to China a few times myself. Um, I did a photography trip actually one time. You'll, as a photographer, oh, you might appreciate this. I, I, I did a, a photography trip through the Western province and and met and and, and interacted with a lot of Uyghur people in in the province um, and ended up kind of getting to know their their culture quite a bit. Um, that's a whole other side story, but like there's a, you know, people can read up on the genocide that's happening with the Uyghurs, the cultural genocide that's happening there right now. It's a huge story. Orville's long-term view on China is just worth, you know, he's very level-headed. He's not, he's not um, speaking from a place like he's not shrill, but he's got some very sharp warnings <clears throat> about the kind of um, spirals we can get into um, yeah. in our dealings with China. So this Afghanistan situation is just another example of China actually showing its power in the world today mm -hmm. through, um, you know, actually making it possible for the U.S. to be pretty embarrassed um, yeah. by, by, by the situation um, off much, much through their being able to stand by and give give an OK to a, a power like the Taliban. Yeah. yeah, I did really like Orville's approach because, and we actually touch on this towards the end of the discussion, 
is that there are two camps, it seems like. Well, in this day and age, there's kind of two camps with everything. And it's really weird if you land in the middle. And uh, if you land in the middle, you basically are ostracized from both. <laughs> and, and we try to get you on the Empire's New Clothes podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and, and so he's like, yeah, well, there's, these aren't his words exactly, but there's the hawks and there's the doves. And I really appreciate his perspective because he says, you know what? There's many things we can't admire about China. They have done great things. They've, they've brought a huge number of people out of poverty and into middle class and into the global economy. And yet at the same time, they have all these humanitarian issues that we should be able to say, you know what? I admire this stuff. I can learn from you here, but here's some stuff I don't necessarily want to do. And perhaps even the critique there is, and this is kind of his critique, is that we could have just a little less development if that meant that there's a greater humanitarian aspect to all of this. And so that's that's his approach. It's kind of his critique. And I really like that. It feels quite balanced. It disagrees with the hawks. It disagrees with the doves. Um, and often if you find that you disagree with the left and the right, um, in this case, not necessarily left and right, but you are often in the middle. Yeah. <laughs> holding, holding tension is a very difficult yet very worthwhile, yeah. uh, difficult practice. these days. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, not everything. Cause you make obviously. friends with nobody. You, <laughs> well, you know, you're, you're not, yeah, you're not partying with, uh, kind of like the, the yeah the extreme you don't get quite welcomed in to, and 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 just pat pat on the back all the time if you can repeat <laughs> the talking points of your tribe right but yeah yeah i think uh i think uh trying to find some place where you can find a little bit more truth because there you know there's a there's are there are amazing things that are going on in china there's a the, mm -hmm. the instinct of people to want to be involved there is a good instinct. I, I'm personally, I'll tell you right now, I'm actually working through personally um, the Beijing Olympics. That's actually a big thing for me personally right now because I have friends who are Uyghurs who uh, went to camps and escaped from China and made it to to other nations. Um, it, 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 it disturbs me as much as it disturbs me for, you know, things like in Canada when we discover mass graves by a residential school um you know that kind of injustice it that disturbs me and i, I just think i wonder what it would be like if we were if we knew that that residential school was killing those kids and then we decided to hold like a major multi you know international event to celebrate the the greatness of sport and uh get, have a great pr experience for the country that's hosting at the same time like can i i i i I tend to lean towards saying let's hold the tension and not let go of one without, you know, holding on to the other. Mm -hmm. um, but there's just moments where I, where, where it, it feels like that just doesn't seem, that just doesn't seem good <laughs> to reward, uh, to reward that kind of behavior with like a big party. So uh, this is my, my hawk and my dove are like in a fight. <laughs> well, we have two hands for a reason, but we're also dominant with one hand. So it's difficult man all right well <laughs> i'll keep on pondering that thank you for uh doing that interview with orville it was great highly yeah. suggest uh, people check it out on monday yeah all right cool we'll chat next time all right thanks bradford bye